The following sermon is from the United Church of Tishomingo. Uh, if you would like to turn in your Bible and hold your place, I've got three passages of Scripture that I want to show you today. The first part was where I started last week in Proverbs 3 and 4. They're together. Then Matthew chapter 23 today. I'll be in 23:23. I think you can remember that. And then Hebrews 10, uh, beginning in verse 5. So Proverbs 3 and 4, Matthew 23, 23, and Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 5. And that way it saves you a little bit of time turning maybe and, you know, uh, breaking up the message. Last week, if you weren't here or uh, just don't remember, I was talking about um, in the last couple of months, the Lord has... I pray that it's the Lord, has put me in Proverbs 3 and 4. Um, just, there's just been some assurance in there, some peace in there, just God speaking to my heart, and I read it every single day along with my other stuff. And uh, I do what uh, some people in the past have abused, but just because people have abused it doesn't mean that you don't do it and do it right. But I'm claiming some of those promises and some of those Scriptures, you know, that doing it the right way, and I want to share with you. But I made two points last week, and I know y'all may not understand this, or you may do this, but every time I preach a sermon or I give a speech somewhere or do something, immediately I just review in my mind when I'm driving home what I said, you know, what was, went through, and what I should have said, and what I forgot, and what I wish I hadn't have said. And so last week driving home, God put two things on my heart just immediately. And I always do it on my voice recorder on my phone so I won't forget it. But I want to go back. There's two things that he just impressed on my heart. I want to share with you really quick. But uh, first of all, in uh, Proverbs 3, I just talked a whole lot about and I read a whole lot about, like, for example, uh, starting in verse 7, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn from evil. It will be healing to your body and it will be refreshment to your bones. And I just talked about how when we walk with the Lord, God never intended for His people to live in stress and anxiety and, 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 and the sickness and, and the illness and the, and the fatigue that comes. He did, he did not intend for His people to live that way. That's not God's desire for you. And if you're living that way and if your life is plagued by that, then the odds are, and I'm not saying this to be judgmental or be rude, but the odds are you're not walking as closely with God as you should be, because He doesn't want you living that way. He didn't create His children to do that. And so I talked about the need for self-care, that it's okay if you walk away for a while and leave, you know, and, and go up and be refreshed. I said, you know, Jesus Himself had to go up into the mountains and get away from people. And this is the Savior of the world that needed to heal people and save people and preach the great. He still had to get away. But God kind of convicted me because I'm guilty. Of that. Now listen to me carefully. And I'm gonna, some of you are going to have to smile because you're guilty of this, as I have been in the past. When you do the self-care and you say, i just got to separate myself, make sure that you're actually getting rest with God and not just taking a vacation where you wear yourself out worse than you did when you left. Because I'm telling you, some people I've done that in the past say, well, i got to get away, and so you take a little, and you wear yourself out doing so much stuff, you're tireder than you were when you left because you didn't take the time. When you get away... Make sure you're getting away from all the world, but you're not getting away from God and some prayer time and some meditation and some rest. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because if you don't, 
you're not going to be able to live in this world, especially the way this world is right now that we're going. Number two, the second thing that God kind of put on my heart was this. Uh, if you'll go to, uh, um, well, it, it, I won't read the whole thing, but it starts in verse um, 13. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding. And it talks about it's better than gold, it's better than silver. If you read down quickly, it's a tree of life, it says, to those who take hold of her. Now, I'm going to come back and grab that in a minute. I want you to grab that part where it says, if you take hold of wisdom and understanding. But before that, let's go on down. It says, uh, it says look at verse 20. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. Uh, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, verse 19, I'm sorry. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his, by his knowledge, the deeds were broken up, and the skies dip with, drip with dew. Don't let this depart from your sight. Now watch this. Another part that God put on my heart while I was talking to Sam, he and I were walking, I was walking, talking on the phone, we pray together when we're doing our fasting and praying, is if you want to understand how to live in this world, you've got to have God's wisdom and understanding. Because it's God that established this world by His wisdom and understanding. And the reason the world's going to hell in a handbasket right now is because we've got people trying to live in the world without God's understanding and knowledge who created and established this world. Y'all see how that works? So if you want to know how to navigate this world, you have to have God's understanding because by His wisdom He establishes. But here's the, here's the next thing. Now watch this very carefully. It says... If you do this, watch. Verse 23. Then when you walk, you won't stumble. When you lie down, you're not going to be afraid. When you, your sleep will be sweet. You don't have to be afraid of sudden fear. You don't have to worry about the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. Because God will be your confidence. All those things that are going on in the world right now. And it just hit me. Boy, God hit me like a ton of bricks driving home. One of the reasons I see so many people who I think are pretty good people and know the Lord, still anxious, right? Because I know a lot of people that are anxious right now. And they're worried. You know why? And I'm not getting, I don't know any of y'all. I'm not getting on anybody here. Because too much of your stuff is tied up in the world. Now listen to me very carefully. If too much of your stuff is tied up in the world, then you're going to worry when the world starts to crumble. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And if all of your stuff is tied up in God, then the world can do whatever it wants to do, and you're going to stand. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. You're not going to. So my, my question to you today is, where's your confidence? And where are you tying everything up? And what are you relying on? And what are you hoping is going to make it? I will say this one more time because I always get letters. I always get emails. I didn't say you can't have a job and do retirement plan. I didn't say, you know, God wants you to be a wise person with your life. But if that's your hope and your confidence and where everything's tied up and it's, if it's what you're stuffing everything into and it all starts to crumble, you're going to get anxious and you're going to worry and you're going to have trouble sleeping. I know some people, the very first thing they do every morning when they get up is check the stock market. They're so worried, sick about that, you know, that's what's going to happen. They didn't say that's not important. But I am saying that if you're tied up in the world, then you're going to have that onslaught of sudden fear when the world starts to crumble around you. Because there's a lot of things happening right now that could cause that. Okay, so, are we all good on the same page? Now, let's go back. Beginning in verse 13 of chapter 3. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding because it's profit, blah, 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 on down. Watch this, verse 18. She is a tree of life 
to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. And I said last week, it, it, it takes, you can't just have the wisdom of God, but you've got to use it. You've got to put it to work in your daily life. That's what it means to take hold of it. So now, go to Hebrews chapter 10. That's where we're going to come today. And before I read this, I want to tell you an illustration. And every one of you, especially if you're over 50, closer to my age and getting up there, you're going to smile at this. And you'll laugh. Some of you younger guys are not going to know what I'm talking about, except you might a little bit, because you may have done this in school. But when I was a kid growing up, how many of you did this? Probably all of you, going to, going to church. When I was a kid, I did not ever, ever want to miss Sunday school. Because my Sunday school teacher had this big chart up on the wall. And she had my name right there. And she had the dates of every week going across the board, all the way across for like three months. And every Sunday when you showed up, she put a check mark by your name, right? And if you got enough check marks and you got all those boxes checked off and you came and you were there and you did your duty, you got a gold star right there. She gave you a star and you might even get a treat because you didn't miss Sunday school. Am I the only one? Y'all aren't laughing at this. Am I, am I the only one that lived and died? I can't miss Sunday school because i got to get my star. I check my box. i got to do my thing. And what's happened that I've noticed and what God's kind of working in my heart is, again, not you guys, but this world and the church in general is living in that kind of attitude about church. And here's what I mean. As long as I go to church and take my communion and give my tithe and go to some, and do my thing and check my box, I'm good. And everything's like it ought to be and I've done my duty. And I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10 and I want to read you something. And Now remember, we're doing this under the umbrella of what it means to take hold of wisdom. You know, preachers have this preacher talk, but what does that mean to take hold of it and hold her fast and do something with it? Hebrews 10, I'm going to summarize the first four verses. Hebrews 10 is where they are getting away from the Jewish way because now Christ has come, and you can't be saved just because you were a Jew, but you've got to follow Christ. So the old sacrificial system no longer applies. This is where it says the blood of bulls and goats couldn't cleanse you, and it doesn't take away your sin. You know, in other words, that didn't work for you. There had to be something better now. So look at verse 5. It says, therefore, when He, and it's talking about Jesus, when He comes into the world, He says, sacrifice and offering thou did not desire but a body thou hast prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou took no pleasure. Now watch this. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. God said do the sacrifices. God said to the... What do you mean He didn't desire them? What do you mean He wasn't pleased with those? Okay, watch this. It's a different kind of... You know how different words have more than one definition? It doesn't mean that God wasn't pleased. It meant that those old sacrifices could not please the righteousness and the justness of God. They could not satisfy. They could not take care of. They could not complete. They couldn't please the terms of the contract. They couldn't do it. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Only the eternal, holy, not made with hands blood and body. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So what he's saying is, for a time, this type and shadow had to suffice, but it couldn't Please, God's ultimate command, 
you have to be holy as I'm holy. And they couldn't make you holy. They could just keep the wrath of God off of you. But those sins were covered up, but they were still there. They were under the carpet. They didn't go away. Because it says they were reminded of them every time they did a sacrifice. Now, though, the blood of Christ, here's the cool thing, sinners, <laughs> John, is that those sins are not under the rug. They are obliterated. They're gone. Now, I'm going to say it again because you just need to hear it once in a while. Don't care who you are. Don't care what you've done. Don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've ever done. If you're in Christ, it's gone. His blood has covered it. He's washed it away. And God doesn't remember it. And if somebody's telling you about it, that's Satan just trying to get you to doubt who you are in Jesus Christ. Because when you become a Christian and you accept Christ, you receive His Spirit and His blood covers you, sins are gone. Okay? So, now watch this. Read it again with that understanding. Therefore it says, When Jesus comes into the world, Jesus says, Sacrifice an offering thou did not desire, but a body thou made for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin... Thou wast not pleased. That couldn't take away my sin. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the roll of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Now listen to me carefully. What did Jesus do that was God's will that satisfied God's justness? Literally gave his life and died and denied himself. Now watch this very carefully. We're living in a world... You know, everybody likes to laugh about everybody gets a trophy. You know, and they laugh about that. Well, I think there's a lot of Christians think they're going to get a trophy because they check their box every Sunday morning. Are y'all listening? Just because you showed up here, and I hope you do. I love you. I hope I don't run you off. But that's not checking the box. Just because you sat in Sunday school, that's not checking the box. Just because you raised your hands in praise when you're singing, which is awesome, that's not checking the box. And I know so many people in this world, they're doing that, but then they're going out into the world and they're not doing thy will. And God says, tithes and offerings and praise and worship and Sunday school and sermons and teaching, with those things I was not pleased. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to be doing it, but those things do not satisfy God if you're going to go out in the world and live however you want, whenever you want, do whatever you want, and not do my will that God's called me to do. And I honestly think, I just God really convicted my heart that so many Christians are just checking the box. I was there. I showed up. I did my thing. God, are we good? God, you owe me. I did what you... Right? Now let me support that with Scripture, not my opinion. Go to Matthew 23... Verse 23, and Jesus is ripping, a, can I say this as a preacher? Can I say He's ripping a new one? Jesus is ripping a new one to these scribes and Pharisees. And who were the scribes and the Pharisees? They were the religious church leaders. They were the ones that did what? Watch this. They checked all the boxes. They kept all the rules. They did everything right down the line. I mean, the way they dressed. I mean, everything. I mean, perfectly. All right? And look what Jesus said to them in verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you guys that check the boxes and keep the rules and do everything you're supposed to. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Watch this. For you tithe, mint, and deal. And here's what he means. Y'all know what the tithe is. 
The tithe is what the Scripture teaches us that we're supposed to give. And most people, you know, it, tithe means tenth. It's a tenth. They even gave 10% of their spices to the church. I mean, which is just cheap little... He says, you tithe mint and dill. Watch this. And cumin, but you've neglected the weightier provisions of the law. Watch this. Like justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Now watch. It doesn't say you're not supposed to tithe. It doesn't say you're not supposed to go to church. It doesn't say you're not supposed to sing the songs and do the sermon. It doesn't say you're not supposed to do that. But if you're doing this and you're not showing justice and mercy and faithfulness and love, you're wasting your time. You're just checking your boxes. Asking God to reward you every three months with a gold star because you checked your box. Y'all understand what he's saying right here? Jesus says, see, I, a lot of people think that every time they put their money in this, those little offering boxes back there, that that's like going to the casino. It's going to pay off. <laughs> Pull that handle and God's going to give me. I'm not I'm serious. I'm just telling you. That's what a lot of people think. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't bless us and God doesn't. I'm just not what I'm saying. But we think that's the end all be all. And Jesus says, those, actually, He said, that's not the weightier things. The weightier things are justice and mercy and love and compassion and care for people and doing the stuff that we're supposed to do. And if you're doing that, then that makes all of this mean something. But if, this is, if, if you're not doing that, when you raise your hands, there's nothing going up to God but an empty hand and an empty heart and nothing that He really wants to hear. You all understand what I'm saying? And husbands, if you're not treating your wives like you're supposed to at home, and wives, if you're not respecting your husbands like you're supposed to at home, and children, if you're not honoring your parents like you're supposed to, those are all things that God teaches us that we're supposed to be doing in our lives, in our family. Because I tell people this, you know, I talk about the world and the church, but it starts at home. If you're not doing things you're supposed to at home, you darn sure are not going to help anybody else that you're supposed to help. You can't ignore those kind of things. And so now back to my point in Proverbs. It says, look at Proverbs chapter 3. Go back there. And now read it with that in mind. Look at verse 13. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Its profit is better than silver and gold. She's more precious than jewels. There's nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. Riches and honor in her left. Her ways are pleasant ways. Her paths are peace. And she is a tree of life to those who find her. And happy are all those who hold her fast. Now I want you all to listen to me. I'm going to do one more thing. I've learned to cut down my points and not go as long. And maybe you'll remember. Okay? Watch this very carefully. Those who trust in the Lord and trust in His wisdom, knowledge, understanding, I want you to write this down. I want you to write down trust equals doing. Trust equals doing. There's this false narrative out here today, and I've got to be very careful, so I'm not talking to you like little kids, but you listen, you people on TV watch so that I don't get accused of saying something that's unbiblical because it's going to sound like it if you're not paying real close attention. People say, all you got to do is just believe in God to be saved. Just trust in God to be saved. That's all you got to do. And James says, even the demons believe in God. 
and know He's there. But are you not willing to recognize that faith without works is dead? And that kind of faith can't save you. Now let me give you an illustration right here. Watch. Let me say it up front so, I, so you won't turn me off. We are not saved by doing works. But if you're saved and Christ is in you, works have to come out of you. They have to. The, the dunamis, the dunamis, which means the dynamite spirit of God cannot live in you and you being active. Can't. Can't. I'm sorry, can't. Okay? So watch this. Let's say that you were having financial problems and you were wanting to get your finances in order. And so somebody told you, is it Dave Ramsey? Is that the guy that everybody... Okay, because I... Free, Dave Ramsey. He's got the... He's, he's Christian guy, got his principles. Say, you can trust that guy. Man, he's got it all. So you... Uh, okay, I trust Dave Ramsey. And you sit on the chip... I'm still trusting him. How's your finances? They hadn't fixed themselves, but I'm trusting him. Next week, how's your finances? Well, I hadn't... Well, have you read his tapes? Have you listened to his tapes? Have you read it? Have you put into practice the things he... Well, no, I'm trusting him. Do you all understand that that's not trust until you act upon what he's telling you to do? The trust in God that leads to salvation is the trust that says, okay, I'm going to act upon what you told me to do. Are you listening? And the Scripture says, there must be repentance of sin. Not me. Scripture says, there must be repentance of sin. There must be belief unto obedience. And one of the first acts of obedience is baptism. That is actually one of the first acts of obedience. If you don't want to be baptized, then... What else are you going to want to do? I'm not saying baptism saves you. But Jesus was baptized. said we need to be baptized. Scripture says be baptized. Do you all understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it saves you. And I'm not saying your works save you. But hand in hand, if you're really trusting in God, trusting unto salvation, there's going to be works coming out of your life. And the most important works are going to be love, justice, mercy, forgiveness, kindness, gentleness. That's first. But I got news for you. If you're doing those kind of things, God's also going to bring you to church to serve and to worship and to minister. Because let me show you something, guys. I love every one of you. I'm almost done, but hang with me. I love you guys. I think by now you know that I'd do just about anything for you guys. I've tried to prove that for 35 years. But you don't come before my wife. I'm going to, if, if something's happened and she's in trouble... I'm going to take care of her first if I have to or my mama or whatever because God and I won't neglect you but I'm not going to neglect her. Now watch this guys. It should be the same way in a church. Your family should come first because if we don't minister to each other and love each other and give each other peace and encouragement and grace how can we go out into the world and do the things that we're supposed to do if I don't listen with you know this. I don't lie. Some Jeannie's struggling with her foot and I'm struggling with my eye and I'm going through all this kind of stuff. If I don't have your prayers and your encouragement, I can't do what I do. It's already, it's, I'm just being honest with you. It's hard enough for me to do it right now as it is because of all this kind of stuff. Maybe some of it's a lack of faith. Maybe I'm being a baby. and Maybe that's just the way it is. I don't know. But I'm just being honest with you that I can't, we can't, you can't, no matter you think you can, you cannot be as effective in the world until you've taken care of your family. And your family's taking care of you. 
and you know you got people praying for you. You know, me and Sammy have been calling each other on Tuesdays now. We've been fasting and praying. And, I mean, he's in Oklahoma City, you know, but over the, I look so forward to that prayer time right now. Every, every Tuesday that we have, I can't wait for him to, he prays and I always close up with praying. We talk about everything we're concerned about and everything that's going on and we do those kind of things. Guys, listen to me very carefully, okay? To trust in the Lord means to take hold of His instruction and make it the way of your life. And if you will do that, then your paths will be peace and you won't stumble and you won't fall and you won't be afraid of what's going on in the world. And you'll be able to go to sleep. And you'll be able to laugh. And you'll be able to rest. And you'll be able to enjoy your life. And you'll be able to help somebody else that's struggling and going through hard times. Which is, I said this last week. Can I, will you all allow me to say it again? When I was a young teacher, I used to think that the definition of success, if I could teach my students the skills they needed to be successful, that was all I was supposed to do. But I learned as I got older that my job was to teach them not only to be successful, but then they have a responsibility to use their success to help somebody else. Because if they just keep them to themselves, that's not really success. And my job as a pastor is not just to encourage you and help you and hopefully build you up, but to tell you now, once you're encouraged and built up, and you, then you go do something with it to help somebody else. That's success. Not that I gave you peace or encouraged you or helped you, but that I encouraged you to now Go share that peace with somebody else and comfort somebody else. That success is when that peace and that success breeds peace and success and encouragement to others down the line. You all with me? So it will be another week before I finish this, and I won't be here next week. But if you want to read that, and God may not lead you to, but Proverbs 3 and 4 are absolutely full of just peace and promise and comfort and assurance and conviction of the things that we're supposed to do. And it's all in there. Everything's, I mean, it covers everything from the tithing and the giving and the serving and, 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 then, and then the trust and the obedience. It's, it's all in there in those two chapters that will just give you some encouragement. So I just want to leave you with this. want to leave you with this thought, and then we're done. Um, while I'm very open and transparent and share the worries that I have, I will say this. I have learned and am learning to take hold of what God's given me, and I promise you that it works. I've gotten to the point where 99% of the time now, when I lay down and go to sleep, my sleep is sweet. And I don't toss, and I don't turn, and I don't fret, and I don't worry, and I don't do all that kind of stuff. And I used to be the world's worst at that. And then you start the very next day off already behind because you don't feel good, and you're tired, and you're already stressed, and you're already worried, already because you had not been asleep that night. And you've tossed, turned, you've rolled, and you've worried about everything. He says, when you lie down, you'll sleep. You don't have to be afraid. And your sleep will be sweet. And did you know that what I'm learning too is that God will even speak to you in your sleep? And I'm not necessarily talking about dreams, just in your sleep. He'll just comfort you and He'll encourage you and He'll talk to you and He'll build you up and it makes the next day a lot easier to start. And so, guys, don't just smile at the wisdom of God. Take hold of it. Okay? Grasp it. Do something with what He told you to do with it and see if those promises aren't really true and if He won't do what He said He would do. Let's bow and let's close the prayer. Father God, I thank You that You are the God of peace and You are the God of healing and You are the God of comfort and hope and love and justice and mercy and all these things we're praying for. And You're sitting there going, if You just come and let me take You into my arms and walk with me, 
then all those things you're praying for are already there. Father, forgive us when we've prayed for things, but then we haven't taken hold by abiding in you and meditating on you and building our relationship with you and spending that time with you that we're supposed to spend. Father, I just pray that you'd remind us that we can't get caught up in this world and we can't run like the world's running and think that we're going to find the peace that comes from resting in you. So, Father, I just pray today for everybody that's in this auditorium and everybody that's watching on the TV and, and everybody that, that hears my voice, that you teach them and bless them to find the peace and the rest and the comfort that you intended them to live in. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.